You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to Tribe Football Live on Middlesbrough Gazette Facebook and later on our podcast channel. I'm Andrew Musgrove. I'm joined by Dom Shaw and Craig Johns. Plenty to talk about. We'll come straight to Craig, first of all, and we're going to start with that 2-1 defeat to Blackpool. Craig, would it be fair, Craig, to describe it as a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance, a decent enough first half and second half? Middlesbrough just kind of fell away and allowed Blackpool to get on top of it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good shout and kind of epitomised Borough's season overall so far this, this season. The... Uh, like you say, Jekyll and Hyde, the, they had such a good, I would say, 20 25 minutes uh, opening spell in the game. They got themselves ahead within eight minutes and, you know, they had so much, you know, forward momentum and ascendancy, so much positivity. The home fans were right behind them and, you know, really the, the, the biggest you know, criticism you would have of them in, on that day is that at that point, they didn't take control of that situation and, and add a, at least one more goal. Um, I compared it to, to last season's home game with Millwall, where um, Borough were 3-0 up after 20 minutes. And, and that was a game where, you know, they started in a similar manner, really positive on the front foot, uh, completely shell-shocked the opponents. But they, they got themselves 3-0 up within 20 minutes against Millwall, against Blackpool. Um, you know, the signs that this is still an attacking force with a lot of quality, but still trying to gel together. Uh, misplaced passes, miscommunication with runs and timing of runs and things like that. And and ultimately, they couldn't add any more to Marcus Davenier's earlier goal. And um, But by half-time, they were still very much on top. Blackpool had had a couple of good opportunities, but uh, missed them both woefully. And Blackpool had another shot on target as a result by half-time. But you always felt, given Burr's dominance, I think it was fair to call it, in the first half, the next goal was going to be important because if Blackpool got that next goal, you always felt that game could kind of switch and turn. And and that's what happened. Fair play at Blackpool. They are they have got some dangerous attacking players and they came out second half much better than the first half. Dyke still going off injured didn't help uh, Middlesbrough. Um, that meant Tavernier, the best attacking threat, had to go to right back with no other um, full-back options. Uh, but yeah, Blackpool completely controlled that second half and were were more than good value for the 2-1 win. And Dom, I know we're only eight games in and Middlesbrough got nine points. You look at the top of the table, 18 points. So they're not that far away, but I'm just wondering, Craig mentioned there, it's still very much a team that is trying to gel together. But you've got to be beating sides like Blackpool if you've got real aspirations of being at the top of the table and getting promotion to the Premier League. I mean, I'm just wondering at what point does that not excuse for want of a better term of phrase, what point does that excuse not wash anymore where you can't say, oh, well, the team's jumping together, you know, this is just a really bad result? Yeah, I, I don't think you can really use the team gelling together as a as a if 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 it was a poor performance from start to finish, then then that obviously raises those those questions. 
to, to, to start so well, to get yourself in a position of such control uh, and then to not see it out. When Blackpool equalised, I thought this would be a poor draw. Um, and then and then you go on to lose the game. I, I think, without overplaying it, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's, it's certainly one of the most disappointing defeats of Neil Warnock's tenure so far. Perhaps the most disappointing, given that the, the win at Forest, who were dire, by the way, weren't they that night? Nottingham Forest was so poor. Um, but you hope that that was going to be the kickstart. And then you look at the fixtures and with respect to Blackpool, obviously the big bore in the cup, but it was a much changed team. You looked at that game and thought, this is a real opportunity now to, to kick on. Um, and then it's 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 one step forward and, and what feels like two steps back, really. I know this is, I said this to Craig yesterday, I know this sounds like ridiculously fickle and, and oversimplistic, but going into the game and looking at the table, you kind of think if you beat Blackpool, it's a it's a relatively solid start. It's not a great start, but it's 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 a good start when you consider the the signings that have come in and and the injuries and and what what uh, Borough had to deal with in the opening weeks of the season. Um, but then to lose it, you almost look at the table now and think, well, it's it's been a poor start. And I know that is like ridiculously fickle and oversimplistic of how one game can change can change the views. But I, I do feel like there's a bit of pressure on now going to Reading on Saturday, especially what's happened to Reading this week. You kind of look at it now and think, but then you look at what happened with Derby last week and how they responded to that. Um, but I, I do think you, you kind of go there now needed to get a result. Otherwise, it, it starts to look like a really disappointing start. Craig, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's signs within the fan base of, of you know, kind of frustration growing. And, and indeed, Neil Warnock himself is frustrated at, at the start that we've had to the season because it's not been, you know, by any means what we what we wanted, what we expected. I mean, but, you know, there is signs there, I think, are positive. As I say, you know, reasons to be positive, reasons to be optimistic. I know it's all, you know, kind of... Yeah, ifs, buts, maybe, shoulda, woulda, couldas, but you know that 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 forward line is kind of you know looking positive. And as I say, I, I don't think by any means that it's an excuse for losing on Saturday because I think the second half performance and what happened there, um, you know, isn't your excuse for why you lost that. But I think there were signs, as I say, where you know when they were so in control in that opening 20 minutes, but they didn't create enough chances. And I think a lot of that was down to those new play, new attacking players still trying to click. Um, so I think you can maybe use it as a reason why perhaps you didn't, like Millwall last season, blitz into a 3-0 lead and, and, and kill the game off. Uh, but I mean, you know, you only have to look at it and think sometimes, you know, when your luck's not in, I mean... Yes, Burrow were, were, were outplayed in the second half. That's that's got to be said. But Blackpool ended the game with only one shot on target all game and, and one to one. Obviously, Grant Hall's own goal, not counting as a shot on target. But sometimes you just think, you know, how's your luck? Uh, you know, this is the championship. And in this division, every team has good enough players where they are going to create chances and they are going to have shots on your goal through the game. You've got to find a way to not concede sloppy goals, which is what Borough are doing and which is what happened against Blackpool. Um, you know, Blackpool were the only team, only championship team at the weekend to not get two or more shots on target. And yet they come away from the Riverside with a 2-1 win. And sometimes you just think, you know, when your luck's not in, it's not in. Looking at the top of the table, and I mean, Bournemouth and Fulham are probably the two examples um, of, you know, the teams that people expect to get promoted to the Premier League. How far away 
from those two teams do you think Middlesbrough are, Dom? Have you seen enough what in these opening eight games to suggest that, you know, Middlesbrough can reach those heights or aren't too far off? Where would you put them in comparison to, like I say, Fulham and Bournemouth? Well, obviously, they got that that point of Fulham on the first day, which which has looked like a good point at the time and has looked like an even better point as, as the as the uh, season has, has progressed. You know, they, for me, Bournemouth, Fulham and West Brom as well look kind of far and away the three best teams in the league. And I don't really think that is should be the me- should be the measuring stick for Borough. I think, you know, fifth, sixth, in and around those playoff places, you know, kind of uh, automatic promotion would have seemed outrageously optimistic at the start of the season, I think, even more so now. Um, I look at the squad. I look at Borough's squad, and I know some people will disagree with this. I do think it's a top six squad. Um Slightly, slightly, obviously, unbalanced at the back, given injuries. We know the short at fullback at the minute. Um, I'd seen some criticism at the weekend for letting Jed Spence and Hayden Colson go, which I, I thought was ridiculous, really. But Colson, uh, Colson, I get because I like Colson, um, and Burra short on the left now. That said, coming at it from Neil Warnock's perspective, you know, he clearly wasn't having Colson. He didn't play at all last season, and when he did, it was in an advanced role, even a number ten role. So he, he clearly didn't see him as a left back, um, and, and and you know obviously on the back of Anthony Dyke Steele's injury, I saw just just one or two kind of responses as as to well you know and now we looked after for letting Jed Spence leave, you know, Jed Spence got a lot of stick last year, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he, he shouldn't have been criticised because he had a poor season last year, but just because you get an injury, I, I don't think now you're looking and thinking well. What a ridiculous decision to let Spence go because the fact of the matter is he wouldn't have played a lot. And again, he was playing more as a right-sided midfielder than a than a right back. But back to the in- initial question, you know, for me, Borough, Borough are somewhere short of Fulham, West Brom, and Bournemouth. But I don't think that's necessarily an issue because I don't think that that is where they should have been or were aiming at the start of the season, really. Yeah, and I think just just to you know add to that as well, I think Don's absolutely spot on. That's not the the measuring stick. I mean, what you you've got to think of those three teams is the three teams who who are still in receipt of Premier League parachute payments. Uh, you know, Fulham and West Brom in their first season, Bournemouth in their second season of Premier, of uh, those parachute payments, and and they do create you know if you like that unfair gap. And now you know this is no excuse. Borough had their three years, and and they didn't you know they didn't capitalize on them. They didn't use them wisely enough. But uh, what what it allows is, yes, Borough made twelve signings this summer. But you know the likes of players like Jed Spence, who Don mentioned, there players like Sam Morsey had to go out, had to be sold or sent out on loan to balance the books. Um, and and you know certainly in the midfield, I, I I am still a bit concerned about Borough's midfield without Sam Morsey. But it was understandable why they made that decision when they were bringing in players like Martin Pierre or and James Lee Saligi, who they, if you like, see as the future. And so there had to be that balance of the books. And it just so happened that Morsi and Spence were were two players who had interest in them. And when you when you Fulham and West Brom and Bournemouth in receipt of those parachute payments, you have that extra budget and that extra money to be able to carry, uh, if you like, a squad with better quality and depth. And so what Middlesbrough don't have everywhere in the pitch that those three teams in particular have is, you know, extra bodies and quality bodies who if the starting, if anyone in the starting 11 has to drop out of the team, be it suspension, injury, what have you, they generally have 
quality backup who can come into the side, whereas Borough just don't quite have the budget to have, you know, that in every single position. And, and you know, we're kind of seeing that at the moment at full at, uh, fullback. We're having, obviously, a bit of issues at fullback at the moment. And, and you know, that's that's the unfair advantage that you gain from getting those parachute payments. What I would say, though, to jump in there, although those three teams, I think, aren't a measuring stick, seeing Coventry in fourth on 16 points and, and the other teams that are up there, QPR, Blackburn, Huddersfield, Huddersfield who, you know, look like look to be in real trouble at the back end of last season. You know, again, it's so early in the, in the season, you can't compare. But Borough, Borough shouldn't be getting left behind by those teams this season. Uh, they might not. You know, we might see a run of, a run of games now come the October um, international break. The table might look completely different. But that that's, you know, that those are the teams that, for me, just looking at Borough's squad, Borough certainly shouldn't be, shouldn't be getting left behind by teams like that. You mentioned, Craig, that Warner could be feeling a bit of frustration given how the game ended, how the result went against Blackpool. How does he deal with that this week ahead of a big game against Redden? You know, obviously he said um, after the game, it's a chance to, um, I think he said, just got to get on with it, didn't he? And it's, we have to, um, I've got the quotes here. We just have to get to get on now. We've got a full week now. We've got to lick our wounds and get on. Um, so he says get on quite, quite a few times. But how does he deal with it this week in terms of just keeping that frustration as minimal as possible and concentrating on the game this weekend? Yeah, well, the, the quotes that you read out, they, they came from, you know, I asked Neil after the after the Blackpool defeat and I said, you know, is it in some ways, you know, perhaps a good thing that you've got, they had this week gap, obviously, Saturday Saturday between Blackpool and Redden, perhaps get on the training pitches and, and work on things and, 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 and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, he, he kind of joked that actually he would have preferred to get out as soon as possible because he'll he'll just spend the rest of the week, you know, thinking about the Blackpool result. And sometimes it does it does work out that way where after a bad result, you'd rather just you know get it behind, put it behind you quickly, and move on to the next one. Uh, but I think I do think what this week gives Borough is a bit of a chance. As we've mentioned, the conceding sloppy goals. They've got players like Piero and Saliki and Sporar who are still kind of getting up to speed with championship football and and still trying to learn the system and the, the style that Neil Warnock wants them to play. I think it's particularly important when Borough aren't in possession, particularly with Piero and Saliti in midfield. It's when Borough aren't in possession. It's the kind of things that Neil Warnock will want them to be doing um, off the ball and the defensive side of things that they'll need to do. Um, I think this week it will or should give them a good opportunity to to kind of work on that kind of shape and and that kind of style and system and and hopefully we should see you know the benefits of that going into the Redden game on Saturday. We've got plenty of comments um, in our comments, plenty of questions rather in our comments. So I'll get to them in a moment. I just want to um, get to something on Twitter as as well. Um, will Tyerman, who's a regular listener of the podcast, has sent in. Um, a few of his opinions, he says, rather than, than questions. Um, so I'll just read out a few of them, guys, and we'll come to you first, Dom, and you can jump in um, with any points um, that, that, that Will makes. Um, so he says Morsi, selling Morsi was a mistake in his view. Um, the, the, the side seemed very disjointed, which I think we'll cover, and we, we kind of all agree that it does look a bit uh, disjointed at the moment. Um, and he says the fans should uh, lay off Warnock. I guess there, for those, Dom, who weren't, um, you know, maybe at the Riverside on, on Saturday. Just is is there is there a, is there a feeling towards 
is there pressure on Warnock at the moment, or do you think that's a, a minority um, who are, are maybe on on his back? And I think I think questions are being asked. Um, you know, rather than it's it's always dangerous to kind of read too much, isn't it, into into what you see on social media and and, and that general reaction. But um, I think questions are being asked after what is probably a slightly below par start. Um, uh, you know, on the back of I think Forest, when as I said, you hope that that was going to be the win that kickstarted the season, and then to go and then to go into the and the Blackpool game and 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 to to end with such disappointment. Really, um, that's why I said I, th- I think the Reading game is a big game. Really, going into this next international break, it, it what you don't want is to go into that in, into that uh, break on the back of, God forbid, you know, three or not getting a positive result from the next three games. Now, I don't think that would be the case, but um, what you don't want is for this season early on to be clear that it's just going to be a season of, of uh, you know, they'll pass Borough by really looking at next year. I do think Borough are a bit, a bit in a halfway house at the minute in that they're obviously looking at the bigger picture now. We've seen the, the change of tra- transfer strategy. Kieran Scott's come in and he's obviously going to, Look at look at the bigger picture rather than kind of getting immediate results. But then on the other hand, Neil Warnock wants immediate results because, as he says all the time, you know, I'm 72. I don't look for tomorrow. I look for today. So um, Warnock isn't here to kind of think two or three years down the line. What he wants is success this season. Might might well, you know, it's likely to be his last season in management. You would think, although we have said that for 15 years, but. You know, you would think that 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 looks to be the case at the minute. Um, so it, I do think it feels like a bit of a halfway house at the minute, and that's why you don't want to get to a position where you think, well, you know, this season's just going to pass us by. Uh, and if we're looking at the bigger picture, then you know, but you've got a manager in who, who might well be going at the end of the season, and then obviously you look at kind of what 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 you're going to get from the campaign. But if you get a couple of results, positive results. In the next week or so, then obviously you go into the international break. The mentality immediately changes, and you're looking up the table again. As I keep stressing, you know, I, th- I certainly think Borough have got the got the got the quality. Um, whether whether we've got the team yet, I don't think you can see because uh, obviously we're still getting the grips with the new players coming in and the injuries. Um, so I think it's a big week next week: Reading, Sheffield, Sheffield United, and and then Hull. Anything to add to that, Craig? I mean, we mentioned how Warnock will be feeling. Will he be aware um, of the minimal discontent that there is at the moment, or, or the, the minimal questions being asked, rather? I'm not sure, but I know he, he does frequently read, you know, the forums. Um, so I'm sure he, he will be aware that, you know, on those forums, there are some some questions being asked by fans. Um, you know, I think Don touched on it there. One of the big kind of criticisms or, or sticks, if you like, that he's beaten with at the moment that I see is that is that idea that, you know, is he is he are we thinking forward enough if he's only here for a season? I mean, first off, he's he's hinted himself that, you know, you don't know what's around the corner and, and what's to say that this is his, um, you know, his last season. Uh, obviously, that result will depend on, on whether this is his last season at Borough or not, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Borough is even going to be his last job in management. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of stick of like you know it, that he's beaten with, and in terms of you know we're moving forward, we're buying these players, and and is he the right man? 
in this new kind of progressive and forward thinking, um, you know, direction that Borough are going in. Well, I, I kind of, I flipped that around the other way. And I think the other way, if I, I look at players, you know, the last time Borough tried something similar to this with Jonathan Woodgate as manager. And one thing I think they lacked there, they brought in players like Dykesdale and Bowler, but they lacked any experience and they lacked the kind of, you know, veteran mind that Warnock has. And, and Dykesdale and Bowler suffered for that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I flip that the other way. And I think actually, even if he is only here for the season, players like Sporra, players like Saligi, players like Pier, Piero will learn, should learn a lot from being managed by somebody like Neil Warnock, who knows better than anybody what it takes to be a success in the championship. Um, so I flip it that way and think I, they could learn and, and become better players or better suited players for the championship under Neil Warnock's management. A few more questions then from our viewers and listeners. We have James Bell, and I'll come to you first on, and then Craig, you can uh, you can answer this one as well. Um, he asks, what do you think the realistic finishing position will be for Borough after the below average start? James says he reckons the top 10 but a playoff will be out of reach unless we miraculously become consistent. Dom, what would you say to that? I agree with that. I think I think top ten is realistic. Um, I think top six is is still the aim. But I agree with what James says there. Obviously, for that to become more realistic, you you need to start stringing stringing results together. Warnock said it last week in his press conference um, that the the good teams build on wins and they string results together and they manage to grind out the wins when when they wouldn't necessarily. Oh, you know, when they don't play well, or when, or when the chips are down, or when things are going against them. Um, so, so I, I agree. I think you know, top ten is is absolutely realistic. I think anything less than top ten would be a massive disappointment. Um, but top six is still the aim, absolutely. But it's clear that Borough need to find find consistency if that's to be the case. Yeah, I, I agree with what Dom's saying there. Everything and. Um... You know, it's interesting in the championship. You know, I mean, yes, it's been an underwhelming start. I can understand the frustrations. But, you know, I think it is important to, to put it into context that it is still eight games into the season. You know, let's let's not throw the white towel um, with the white, uh, white flag or anything yet. Um, we're eight games in. We're still only four points off the top six. Uh, we're only two points off the relegation zone, mind. So, uh so bear that in mind. But that's what I say. That's you know, we're eight games in. That's the league table. And there's always our failure team in the championship who kind of come on strong in the second half of the season. And and that's the important time in the season for me. The aim for the time being is keeping in distance. And then as I say, the this quality players in that team, as Dom said, as I've said. If they can gel, if they can click, if Sporar, you know, can find a regular run of score and if Saliti gets up to speed, Piero gets up to speed, in the second half of the season, they could be game changers for Borough. And if that could, you know, make them a consistent team. And if they stay in touch and distance, then who knows what can happen in the second half of the season. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Kit Holiday is taught, he seems to be a big fan of the youngsters here. Um and he says, he, in his opinion, that only the youngsters are playing well. What would you say to that, Craig? Um, yeah, I mean, I, d I don't know whether he means the the under-23s, as in the under-23s are doing quite well at the minute. Graham Lee's side, a, a fourth in uh, Premier League 2, and they've uh, won four in four. And I've, I've watched them a few times this uh, throughout this summer, and there is some very good players there. But, you know, what I would say to that is that... Um, 
you know, a lot of them played in the cup game against Blackpool and were completely overrun. Burr lost 3-0 that night. Um, you know, the, the, there are some talented players. Some opportunities might come up. I, I wrote yesterday about William Cocolo, who for me is a fantastic young left back. And, you know, I could understand the the reluctance, particularly if things aren't going so well as they are at the minute to it's it's then becomes a difficult and potentially hostile environment to, to throw a young kid in who has no experience. But, you know, as we've mentioned, Borough have shortages at fullback and we're hoping Mark Bowler's going to be back at the weekend and that'll ease a lot of issues. We don't know how Dykesdale is. He had a scan on his hamstring on Monday. We're still awaiting to, to know how serious that is. But if Bowler came back, that would kind of ease the fallback things. But if Dykesdale's out potentially longer term than we'd like with a hamstring injury, Bowler gets another injury. Suddenly you, you've got one fit fullback in the full senior squad and that's where Lee Peltier. So potentially, you know, players like William Colo could get opportunities you know, out of it sounds harsh, but out of desperation more than anything, and then it's up to it's up to him to take it. But I think ultimately, you know, Isaiah Jones, yes, he's a young boy, still only is he twenty one, twenty two, but he had pre season and he took his opportunity when he come, and he has probably been the brightest spark of the season. Beyond that, I think if you were to kind of look too much at your under-23s, you'd be putting far too much pressure on them. And ultimately, you know, I don't think they're f- many of them are physically ready to come in and play senior first-team football just quite yet. You, we mentioned a few of the new boys already, but let's talk a bit more about them in a bit more detail. Dom, who stood out for you, you know, in recent games out of those new arrivals? Sparrow getting that getting the goal at Forest, I think, was a was a big big thing. And, and um, you know, Warnock said a few times, hasn't he? He's, he's the most confident or one of the most confident lads I've ever met. Which is interesting because I think Craig, you you done a piece when he signed with the um, a, a lad who covered him at um, at Sporting, and he talked about how he was very much a confidence player, and perhaps his his chin went down a bit there, and and he, and he struggled to find if kind of find his flow again. Um, but he's he's clearly come full of confidence. So getting that goal will have will have done him the world of good. Um, and you know, it's interesting that he's gone straight in. I, I thought as the as the lead striker, really, kind of you know listening to Warnock and and what I'd read about him, I, I expected him more to maybe play off Ikpiazu than play as the main man. Um, but he's he, you know he's he's done well so far. It'll be interesting how that develops. I feel a bit for Uche because I think he started the season very well, but. You Warnock made it clear from the start, didn't he, that you know he can't expect a, a centre forward to play every single game for him as 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 you know what what is essentially a lone frontman. Um, Saliki, I think, is you know taking a bit more time to find his feet. That's to be expected. A few stray passes, um, chased the game at times, but you know coming into the to the championship, it is very. You know, I know, I know. Managers trotted out, but it is a hundred mile an hour, and it, it is a physical, aggressive league, isn't it? Especially when you're in the middle of the park. Um, Piero, you, good to see him come off the bench. If only that had gone in, because what an effort that was late on against Blackpool. It'll be interesting to see now whether he, because Warnock's talked a lot, hasn't he, about his injury as to he was going to play in a commentary, and the injury came just at the at the wrong time. On the back of that disappointing Blackpool defeat, it'd be interesting what changes he makes at Reading and whether Piero gets a start there. Um, because, you know, you, you would argue after after the disappointing Blackpool defeat like that, there could be no complaints really with a change. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, you know, it, it's clear just from listening to what Warnock says and then kind of that promising cameo from the bench that Piero is starting to find his feet as well. Um, I completely got, you know, the, the fact that we haven't seen that much of him so far. I, I, I get the argument from fans, you know, bringing, bringing him on for two minutes and three minutes at the end of a game isn't going to adjust him uh, to, to championship life. But equally, I, I think you run the risk of, if he's if he's not ready, and Warnock said about how Piero himself has admitted he was surprised by how physical it was. I think you run the risk of almost demoralising a player if you put him in when they're not ready. Um, so, you know, it's it's not December, it's not January. We're still we're still in the first couple of months of the season. So if we see more of him in the next in the next couple of weeks, then it might we might well look back on it as being a very wise move to just introduce him slowly. For you, Craig, anyone that stands out in particular? I've been really impressed with Anel Hernandez. I think uh, he's been really bright in all three games he's played. He uh, when he when Burrow can get him the ball on the left wing, and if he can face up his defender one on one, he tends to beat him every time. He's got great pace and uh, good skill. Um, he's he's end product at the moment is a little lacking still. Um, he, he, I mean, credit to him for his. Um, like he's uh, how he anticipated the uh, the Nottingham Forest goal that he scored. Obviously, um, you know he just had the 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 wherewithal, if you like, or the positivity to to kind of anticipate that the goalkeeper might make a mistake. He gambled on on the goalkeeper potentially doing that, and and he profited when the goalkeeper did. Um, and as Warnock said after, you know, not many players would have followed that in. They would have just given up on it, and but he didn't, and he put the keeper under pressure, and he forced the mistake. And that that goal in that Forest game came at an important time where Forest were starting to kind of turn the tide in the game, and and potentially could have quite easily gone like the Blackpool game did, um, if Forest had have gotten the next goal in that one. Uh, you can see when I mentioned earlier about the Blackpool game and getting that second goal and it being important, you know, that was the, di- I think that's night and day, the difference between the two games, Forest and Blackpool. Uh, so, yeah, very impressed with him. Sporra, I really, I, I mean, that goal he scored against Forest, wow, what a goal. Uh, you know, the, the the hit, what a hit. I can't uh, I can't recall seeing a Borough striker um, score a goal like that for a long time. Certainly not last season when I was watching closely. Um, and he, I'm really impressed by his movement and effort as well. He presses. Uh, he obviously, one thing Borough, wants Borough to do is press hard from the top. And, and Sporra does that. Sporra works so hard. Um and his his little movement, his clever movement off the last shoulder. I think once you know the 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 players behind him get used to that, I think you you will see some uh, some some nice balls like Tavernier did for his goal. You'll see more of that going forward once we get that click. Um, and yeah, and and as Don mentioned, Saliki as well. You know, he's he's definitely got a nice left foot on him. He can pass the ball around, but you know he has been tiring in games. As Dom says, Championship a hundred mile an hour. Uh, he's having to get used to kind of more so the work that he does when Burrow aren't in possession, uh, because obviously Burrow do need him to do that, have a bit of extra defensive responsibility. On to the weekend then. I know we've talked about Redden briefly earlier in the show, but let's again get into a bit more detail with that. They beat Fulham, which was a surprise result earlier in, in, in the week. 12.30 kickoff as well. So in front of the Sky cameras, I'm not mistaken with a, with a kickoff like that. Craig's nodding along there, so that was the right guess. Um, yeah, I mean, how difficult is this game? I mean, Redden, not where well, they're just, just behind Middlesbrough in the league, aren't they? Um, I think they're 11th or something like that, so not too far off them. 
Um, or sorry, well, just a few places above them. Is this a must win, Craig? I don't know if it's must win, but it feels very important as we see this. You know, there's frustrations growing among the fan base. Uh, it has been an underwhelming start. Um, do you say Red Redden are a good? They are a decent enough team. They've got some good players. Ajari is obviously there. Dean Germani is going to have to be the one. You know, Burrow watch closely, and he, he showed that at the weekend. Of course, they have got their kind of off-field issues that are going on at the moment. There's a, they were under embargo in the summer, could only sign loan players and freeze and. Um, Obviously, there were the reports that came out yesterday that uh, they look likely close to agreeing a six to nine point deduction, but but you do worry. Does that does that almost buy them and lift them like it seemed to do with Derby uh, at the weekend? Just gone uh, as as players, do they kind of you know get get a bit of you know fight or bite about the fact that, that they're going to be pushed back from the position by with a points deduction? Um, so there's that there's that potential element to add to the game as well. Uh, definitely a lively, lively, dangerous team, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a tricky one for Borough, but one you do feel like they could do with at the very least a positive performance from. Dom, do you see Warner making any changes? We know obviously the injury to Dag Steele, so that'll, that'll probably rule him out not just for this game, but probably for a few games. Like Craig said earlier, we're not too sure of the extent of the injury, but other than that. Do you see him making any changes or do you think he's going to stick with really what we've seen in recent weeks because he's confident that it will click and once it goes, once it gels, we're going to see them shoot the table? We'll get a better idea when we speak to him in his press conference on Friday. Um, I, I think I think he'll make, I think I, I don't know, I don't think it'll be wholesale changes um, in the interest in what he does with the shape and whatnot, but I I think there might be one or two changes to the personnel to freshen it up. As Craig said, I think the fact that they've had a full week on the training pitch is a, is a big thing, especially for the signings. Um, so it's what, you know, how's Bowler, how's McNair? So we'll get a better idea on Friday. Uh, you know, just, just on Reading, um, they, they, they obviously they didn't make the top six last year, but I think they overperformed to, to, to spend the bulk of the season in the top six. They certainly weren't kind of in my thinking at the start of the season. And I think, you know, plenty of others would say the same. He obviously did a great job last year. This year, you're probably looking at it and thinking they're about where you expected them to be last season. Um, they've got John Swift flying. I've just had a look there and he scored seven of their 15 goals this season. Um, so he's obviously someone you need to keep an eye on, kind of runs from deep from the midfield. So you would think Johnny House and he's going to he's gonna um, keep a close eye on him. Um but Borough have a good, have a decent record there. You know, Borough got a massive win there to stay up in that in that season uh, when Warnock placed Woodgate. Um, and and it's you know you'd, I know the fans are back in now, but it never feels like a real um, you, you know you're going into a real hot house type thing. You know, it never feels a, a really difficult place to go. Um, if that's picked up by any Reading uh, fanzines between now and Saturday, I'm sure Borough will get a, a nice welcome. But you know what I mean? It, you know, it, it, there's certainly more difficult places to go in the championship. Um, so, so I do actually fancy Borough to go there and, and get a positive result. And I, I think it's a big one. Then it had set up, obviously, a, a game against a, a fast improving Sheffield United team. Um, you look at the whole game before the international break, that looks like a real opportunity. They've struggled since their opening day win. Um, but Borough need positive results before then. They certainly do. I mean, how important, Craig, is it to get a win on 
Saturday and then build a platform heading into that international break. Dom's just mentioned there the fixtures that come after Redden. It's important, isn't it, to, to make sure that they head in that international break with at least, you would say, six points under the belt? It, it, would, it would seem that way, yeah. I mean, obviously, Sheffield United, now they seem to have picked up a bit of form. Again, looks a difficult game. Uh, they're one of the sides who you would have expected to have been up there at the start of the season. Uh, another one with those para- parachute payments and um, having the squad to do it. But, uh, you know, they had a, an awful start. And then typically the month that they, they're due to play Borough at the end of, they start picking up results and so, suddenly um, things are looking a bit better for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it does feel, as we've mentioned, you know, there's questions being asked. There's, there's a bit of tis- discontent growing and, and you know, you, you can't ignore the fact that it has been an underwhelming start. So you don't want to go into the second international break of the season, you know, with only two, two wins that they've got so far. You've got to get, you know, a couple of good results and, and red in, you know, does seem if you're going to get two wins, you'd look at Redden and Hull as the as the two games that you would get those wins in. So, Craig, are you back in Borough to to win on Saturday? I, I'm not. I normally always back Borough to win, and normally optimistic. But I, I, you know, it's just got that feeling about it. I think because of of what happened yesterday with the the looking likely to get the points deduction, as I mentioned earlier, that just gives me like that nervy feeling that the players are gonna, the Redden players are gonna be, you know, dead up for this game and uh, you know playing with that fight of like the world being against us kind of attitude, um, which does concern me a little, but. Yeah, as as Dom says, the the tent they uh, you know they've got a good record at Redden, and, and um, so I'll, I'll I'll go for a draw. I'll say they'll have a score draw, one one. Dom, just confirm where you're at. I think you're you're going for a win, aren't you? I, no, you know I'm gonna. I, I said positive result, but I think score draw. I think one one draw. Fantastic, and we'll finish as we usually do on probably the everyone's most favourite part of the podcast, Craig. Where you stopping? It's it's an early kickoff, so I assume you're going to go down on the Friday. So what's your Friday night tea going to be? It's um, it's it's Dom on uh, Dom on Saturday. Dom. Oh, hello, Dom. Come on then. I had this conversation at home this morning. Um, you know what? I might tackle a Nando's. It leads. No, 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 uh, no. You know what I feel about Nando's service stations, mate. That's not for me. That Nan- Nando's is a sit-down meal. You know, you don't, you wear a service station, you're in, you're out. I'm more of a uh, Cornish pasty company man when it comes to a service station stop. But uh, going down Friday night, obviously press conference Friday, then I'll go down on Friday with it being a game on, on Saturday. So touch wood if I don't hit too much traffic heading down on the Friday night. Once I get posted up in Reading, I might have a wander out and try and find a, a Nando's. There you go. Other well, chicken outlets are available. Um, they are, but, they are, but I won't be going to them. <laughs> Head over to Gazette Live. As Dom says there, you will catch Warnock's press comments on Friday and all the live coverage on Saturday, including all the reaction and post-game comments. Thank you very much for watching and listening. And please remember to like and subscribe.